Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Tzadi Dalid in Maseches Yevamos. Let's start five lines up from the bottom of Tzadik Gimel Ahmed Bez. And we're talking about the following. We already talked about, in the beginning of our, from the very beginning of our parak on O's, Einstein, the idea of an Eid Echad being believed in the case of a woman who was left with a husband off at sea and one Eid Echad said, we saw him go overboard. We see, we, we know for sure that he's dead or I know for sure that he's dead because he's an Eid Echad and Chazal don't want her to be in Aguna. And so despite what we would otherwise call a incomplete set of evidence, we allow her to get remarried and all the consequences therein, especially if he shows up. That is true in the case of a woman who simply wants to get remarried. Now, what would be the case if the, uh, this particular husband died childless? So that's what we started talking about recently in the next Mishnah, which was if the husband dies childless and he has a brother, so now the woman is not only going to remarry someone else, but she's going to have to be going and having Yibum performed with the deceased husband's brother. And so the question is, does that change the threshold of the burden of proof? When the consequence is Yibum, are we going to still allow for one aid or will we then require two aid him? That's the question that we have now. In Yivamas, so it's appropriate. So it says, look at my, right? That you don't have to ask that question whether a single uh, aid is allowed. Uh, in, in the consequences of Yavim. Why? Because don't forget, look at the Mishnah that we're going to not yet learn, but learn soon enough within the next couple of weeks in Kuf Yudalid, the Tnan, a Mishnah here in Yavama, Saisha Sha'amra Mespa Ali, Tinase, Mespa Ali, Tisyabim. You notice what's going on here? Who's the witness? The woman herself. That's the Mishnah and Kufyadalid says that when a woman herself says, I saw, I myself witnessed the death of my husband. So not only does it say in that Mishnah she, she can uh, marry another man, Tinase, but it also says that she can in fact go ahead and, and do Yibum. Well, therefore, obviously, the fact that uh, this, this obviously seems to indicate why do we believe her? Well, not because she's an Eid Echad, but obviously there's something else at play that is going to be relevant both for Tinase and Tisiabim, which is, which is to say that we simply allow a much lower threshold of evidence. Um, and the question is, why do we allow that? And this question has already come up and will come up again. And again, the possibilities are, uh, at the end of the day, we're going to say because it's a Takana Sagunos, right? Because we don't want her to have to be left, you know, rotting on the vine without any options, to be left alone. But how, what is, we always ask, like, what is the mechanism underneath that? Is because, does that mean that we believe her more? Or does that mean that we don't even really need to know? So that's what the Gemara is going to ask. Kiti Bailach, what would be the case? Lemishri Yavama Alma, right? What would be the case? The case must be, in the situation where he's allowing, right? So, so again, in the case, this is the uh, this is an answer of the Gemara because the Gemara says in the case where where it, the question is 
what we just described, which is with the woman has to know whether she, whether her husband is dead so that she can go and have Yibam performed on her, that case has already been answered. That has already been answered in our Mishnah. That's certainly an Eid Echad. would be good enough for that because the threshold is so relaxed that even without any Eid at all, other than the wife herself, we can already have Yibam performed. So what would be the case where we do have a question about this threshold? The question would be, if you have a Yavama and she thinks that she needs to have a Zika to a Yavam that's on his way, and then the testimony is regarding that Yavam. And then the question is, is the threshold of the single aid good enough to allow her to be married Lashuk? That's a different question, right? Because the Yibam de Araisa has not yet been performed. Let's read that inside. The case where we have a question of whether the Eid Echads, right, Eidus is going to be enough, is going to be where you have a, a, a woman who heretofore was a Yavama, and now we hear that the Yavam may have died, and would an Eid Echad be enough to teach us that the woman can now go ahead and marry anybody else, right? Is that Zika now released from her based off of this testimony of one Eid? So, when we consider that question, we go back, as we have before, to what is this mechanism of why we allow the Eid Echad. As the Gemara says, my time of the Eid Echad, what would be the reason that we allow Eid Echad? Mishum de milso David So, again, it's the two possibilities. One possibility is because this is information that eventually will probably be revealed, right? In other words, it's what we call the heightened ne'emonus. It's almost like Amigo that we'll see when we get to the Bavas. It's almost a heightened a degree of uh, believability, credibility, heightened by the fact that we know that eventually we're going to find out the real truth. So when the aide knows that eventually the real truth will come out, because right, a husband is delayed um, two days from a business trip, why would the aide testify unless he knew? Because <laughs> if the aide does not know, whether the husband died or not, he's going to have egg on his face when the husband comes back. So he knows that that could happen unless he really does know that the husband died. So that is one possibility as to why we believe in Eid Echad in such a situation. So if that's the reason why we believe in Eid Echad, so hachanami lo mishakir, right? So that would apply whether it's, right? It wouldn't matter whether the woman is herself needs to know whether she needs to anticipate Yibum or whether she's the Yavama that is going Lashuk. The same mechanism would be correct for both of them. Either way, the reason why we believe the Eid Echad is because he is not likely to lie. That would be one possibility. Or the Gemara says, Ah, but if the reason why we allow an Eid Echad, and again, like I just said before, it goes without saying that the reason why we allow an Eid Echad in these cases is because we don't want the woman to be stuck. But there, But we're going digging deeper. We're saying... As a consequence, what kind of logic are we employing? Like, what is what is our uh, what what is our thought process when we tell ourselves that we're going to allow an eid echad? Is our thought process when we relax the threshold? Is our thought process that it's it's more likely that he's telling the truth, or is our thought process that it's more likely that she is doing her own due diligence, and that's why we allow an eid echad? Right? We can't just take non-evidence. And say, yeah, whatever. Uh, as long as somebody thinks that the husband's dead, she can remarry because of Takano Sagunos, right? That, that can't be enough. 
There has to be the Takana Sagunos plus some logic attached to it that would make us believe it, right? Because otherwise we could just get in more trouble, as we see, right? 16 different Chumas if he shows up. So, in addition to the Takana Sagunos, we have the logic, two logical possibilities. Either more of a likelihood that the eight is being, telling the truth, or, or because, like we said, the, she's doing due diligence. Well, if the reason is because he's telling the truth, then it wouldn't matter whether she's going to be a Yavama or whether she's being released from Yibum. But if it's the reason is because she's going to go and do her own due diligence to make sure her husband's dead, well, maybe that would not apply to the case of a Yavam. Why? Wow. Because she hates him. She hates him a lot. Right? Before she marries, she's not... So what's the... So the truth of the matter is she hates him or she loves him can apply in both cases. In this particular case, the Gemara is saying she hates the Yavim, she wants to marry somebody else. In other words, she's aware of this family, Andrew. She knows the family. She's been around the Thanksgiving table already. She has an opinion as to whether she wants to marry this Yavim or not. That opinion could definitely color, right, bias her, 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 her diligence uh, if she likes him, as we'll see. So then she might, right, be more inclined to to uh, to assume that he's going to come back, or you know, or be inclined to want to figure wait to be married to him. If she doesn't like him, then she might be biased to say that yeah, he's probably dead. I can marry somebody else. Okay. So I'm a little of shade. So so that would be the question whether oh, I think Aronos is here. Okay, so I'm a little of shade. So Shesha says Tnisuha. Well, we also learn the answer to this in in our Mishnah. Amrullah meis baleich. If they came and told her, your husband died, and afterwards, your child died. So this is the Mishnah, our Mishnah. This is the Mishnah we just read. That if she was told that the husband predeceased the son, which means that there's no Yibum here that's necessary, right? Because the husband did not die childless, and she married. But then they turned out that she does need a Yibum. They say, yes, she does have to leave her second husband, Right. In other words, she married somebody else uh, that that was uh, not part of the family under the under the assumption that she yibum was not required. Then she found out she was supposed to do yibum. So we say Right. And we said in that case that she has to leave, and that the child that she has from the union of the second marriage, right, whenever regardless of when he was conceived, so to speak, uh, before or after the news, that child's going to be a, a mamzer. So Rav Shesha says, what would be that case? So he's going to end up saying that that case is our case of where she's a Yavama that originally had a Zika and then goes to Shuk as follows. Or a case of, of, of Ayat Echad, that where she's believed as follows. Hey, Chidami, how are you going to say? What's going to be the case? Elim, a tray, tray. If you're going to say that the first set of Adim that came was to Adim. Yeah, the first set of Adim. It's good to see you, Grandma. Yeah. So four lines down in Sadiqdala and Adolf. Elema Trey or Trey. If you're going to say the first set of Adam uh, was based off of the testimony of two, right? She thought that she was not subject to Yubim based on the testimony of two people who said that the husband predeceased the son. Then my chazis to Samachtahani, Smochahani. If it's a case of Trey or Trey, then it, that would not make as much sense because the second set of witnesses would not have more authority than the first set of witnesses. And the halacha wouldn't be that the child is a mamzer. 
In other words, the consequence shouldn't be that she has to leave. We've already said this, Barry. We've already said that in the case of Trey Trey, we don't we don't necessarily say you have something to say? Oh. We've already said in the case of Trey Trey that that we won't necessarily say um, that she's gonna that she's going to have to leave her husband. Maybe we would rely on the first witnesses to uh, to permit her to, to stay with him. Yeah, no, I have it coming up. I waited for you. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, Mamzer. Suffolk Mamzer who? Right? Also, why would we say the word Mamzer? Really, there's a question mark there. Mamzer. Would the consequence be Mamzer in a case of Trey Trey? That would be Suffolk Mamzer, right? Because you have two Adams saying that she has to, that she can marry the next guy. Two Adams saying that no, she's supposed to actually have done Yibum. And that's a Suffolk Mamzer. And says the Gemara, there's a copy paste from something we said yesterday. If you're going to say that really when the Tana says Mamzer, he's not being precise. He really means Suffolk Mamzer. He just happens to say Mamzer just to give you the idea. So that can't be because right? when the Sefer of our Mishnah says that the first, the child conceived before she knew, right, uh, is a Mamzer, as opposed to Mamzer, and the child conceived after her knowledge is a Mamzer, so that clearly seems to imply that he's not saying, right, that distinction already means, he's not saying Suffolk Mamzer, he's being very precise with his words, he means Mamzer Mamish, that means that he's actually talking about a real Mamzer, El Alav, Chad, what is this coming to prove? Well, it's coming to prove that our very Mishnah, that's talking about the uh, erroneous ruling, uh, well, really the erroneous evidence that we thought that she did not do Yibam. And then it turns out that she did have to do Yibam, right? We saw that she did not have to do Yibam. We thought she did have to do Yibam. The, the only circumstance, scenario, where that Mishnah makes sense is if the first set of Adim was not a set at all, but rather an Eid Echad. And that's the reason why the consequence is that has to be that that's only will make sense when the first aid is an aid echad. And there Rav Sheshis concludes based off of our mission of a time with also betray And the only reason that we believe, uh, rather the only reason that we reject the original testimony of that aid echad who said that she didn't do yivum is because these two Adim akhashua, right? That the, because these two Adim came and refuted him. But halav mehemon. But watch this. This is a this is a retro proof, if ever there was one. In other words, the whole Mishnah, which is our Mishnah, which is talking about, must be talking about where the first case was when a single aid came, and the second case was when two Adim came. And that's the case where we really get in trouble. However, if the two Adim never came, Barry. To refute the first aid, what do we learn? That she actually can go and be married to somebody outside of Yibum based off of a single aid's testimony that the husband predeceased the son in the tragic event where neither of them came back. Well, what does that teach you, Barry? If the case has to be in the case of Ed Echon, then it must be in a, I guess you would say, a more normal case where the two Adim don't come to refute that initial aidus. We do believe the Eid Echon. To, to do what? To be matir the Yavama Lashuk. That's the case, right? A potential Yavama, right? Because had the son predeceased the husband, she would have been a Yavama. It is only based on the testimony of the single aid that the husband predeceased the son that we, that we essentially release this would be Yavama to the Shuk 
and the case must be one of Eidechad, and so therefore putting it all together, we must be that we do believe in Eidechad, not only for the case of a woman remarrying in a regular case, but in a case of where an otherwise would-be Yavama is released to the Shuk, the incredible Raya of Rav Sheshis. But the Gemara says, no. This, the Gemara says, like Birnbaum, after we say a nice shot, he says, no. That's all he has to say. No. La'olam tre tre. Now, really, the case of our Mishnah is tre tre. So why are we, why, is, why do we believe the second state of Edom more than the first state? That was a case where Ede hazama. So achanami be'ede hazama. Here, too, in this Mishnah, we're talking about Ede hazama. Well, that changes the equation, as Ede hazama always do, right? There's two things, two types of Edom. There's Ede hakhasha and Ede hazama. Ede hakhasha is, right, uh, first set of Edom says, I saw Charlie kill Fred. And then the second set of Edom say, I saw Charlie, uh, and he was just kind of like kibitzing with Fred. And they were playing basketball together. So he did not kill. Well, that's Edei HaKhasha. There's no reason why you believe one over the other. But the Chiddush of the Torah is the Edei HaZama, where if the second case said, you could not have possibly said, they discredited the first set of Edom, they said you could not have possibly said that you saw Charlie, you could not have possibly witnessed Charlie kill Fred, because Imanu HaYisem, because you were with us during the time that you, uh, sub, that you are uh, t- testifying that this took place. The Chiddush of the Torah is that we believe the second set of Edom. So that's the reason why we believe the second set of Edom in this case in Yavamas as well. We're talking about Ede Hazama. You would have never known that without the special Chiddush. But the problem with saying that is that now we don't know whether the testimony of the, fir- of the first set of Edom would, it has enough validity, right? Because now we have a reason why we believe the second set of Edom. Because that is the Chiddush of the Torah. That the second set of Edom is Ede Hazama. And therefore, that's the reason why we believe the second set. And therefore, it does not teach us with regards to what would be the case if we had only one aid with regards to being matir a yavama l'shuk. So now, we're going to try to resolve the question based on a Mishnah in Kuf Yudches. And uh, later in Kuf Yudches, which is the following. Amalei Mordechai Ravashi. Amalei Ravachal Ravashi. Tashma. The Mishnah in Kuf Yudches. Ein ha'isha ne'eman eslamar meis yavami she'enaseh. A woman is not believed to say that my Yavam died. I happen to know he went on a trip. I saw him fall out of the hot air balloon. Okay. Below Mesa Achosi Sheikonis Levesa. Okay. Nor is she believed to say that my sister died so that I could what? Marry her husband. Okay. Okay. So just as where before, we tried to prove, uh, prove from Kufya Dalid, right? Uh, where a woman, right, where, where we had the first set of Adam and the second set of Adam, right, just when tried to prove uh, to from Kufiyadala that Isha says Mes Bali, right, Tinasay Mes Bali Tis Yabeim. So in that case where she says testifies that her husband died, right, so then we could say she could go and do Yibum, and then the following Mishnah on Kufiyadches is a different case. So whereas in Kufiyadala we say the woman is believed. In Kuf Ches, we say the woman is not believed to say Mes Yevami That seems to be straight up proof, right? Because after all, again, notice the difference. When a woman says, testifies on her own husband that he died because she wants to go into Yibum, we believe her. But when a woman testifies on her, hus- on her, her own husband when she wants to write Mes Yevami, when she testifies on her own Yavam rather, 
to get out of Yibum, there she's not believed. Oh, so, however, from that, the Gemara is saying, We're trying to make a diuk there. We're trying to, um, based off of that, Mishnah, make the assertion that that is only in the case where the woman herself, that's, she would not be believed. But an Eid Echad would be believed to be Mater Lashok. And again, that's been the question du jour. That's what we're trying to resolve. Is an Eid Echad Neman to be Mater Yavam Lashok? So says the Gemara. Okay, you're going to bring me a, co- a proof from Kuf Yud Ches, where the woman is not believed on her own to be Mater herself Lashok, and you're going to refer, infer from that that an Eid would be believed. Well, what about the Seifa of that Mishnah? The Seifa of that Mishnah says, Ein ha'ish on lomar meis achisha yavim is ishto. Below meis ha'ishto she'esha That the Seifa is that the, is that a man is not believed to say that his, right, childless brother, meis achisha yavim is ishto. The man is saying, you know, my sister-in-law, well, I think I have to do yibum for her because my brother died. Okay, childless. So now I have to take his wife. In Yibum. A man is not believed to say that. Right? And also, he cannot, he's not believed to say that his own wife died so that she can marry his sister, her sister. As we know, that's one of the very, that's one of the rare, it's the only, of the Arias, where after the sister dies, he can take her as a wife. Right? That's why that testimony is, is significant. Because that's an Ervan. Achos Ishto is is also to you, so long as the wife, even if the, so long as your wife is alive, even if there was Garrison, right, the wife, her, the wife's sister, even if you divorced said wife, her sister would always be also to you unless that wife was passed away, in which case her sister becomes mutter. So that's why this, um, right, this testimony is significant. That if he testifies that the wife died, he can now marry his sister. Or again, alternatively, if he testifies that his brother died childless, he can marry his brother's wife. So those cases, who nihu de lomehemen, that's the hemshech of that Mishnah, and kufiyot ches, will get there soon, uh, soon enough. However, ha'eidechad mehemen. So would you say that in that case too, the eidechad mehemen, in other words, what the Gemara is doing now is it's challenging our inference. Our inference was from, this, from the ratio of the Mishnah, then when we say that the woman is not believed to, to say that she wants to, to that, that somebody died because she wants to marry the Yavam. So we said that that means that she's not believed when Eid Echad would be believed. Would you say the same about the Seifa? That a man is not believed, but an Eid Echad would be believed? So Bishle Megabi Isha, I can understand by the woman, you could say that she's biased, and that's why we don't believe her. Or also because we have that special dispensation, obviously, of Agunos, and therefore we relax that by a woman. Are you going to say by a man that we're going to be mekel also and we're going to allow Eidecha testimony for a man to marry, let's say, his wife's sister just because of his single aid testimony that he says that his wife uh, fell out of the hot air balloon? Would we believe him? Well, we don't have any reason to be mekel by him. Right? By the woman, we have reason to be mekel because we don't want her to end up in Aguna. But this man's not going to end up in Aguna. He's a man, Andrew. He's going to have, he has a pile of a-plus resumes on his desk when he gets home, right? The man doesn't have the Aguna problem. And therefore, why would we say that an Eid Echad is Neman? So therefore, once we don't make that diuk in the Seifa of the Mishnah by the man, then we can't make the diuk by the ratio of the Mishnah by the, of, by the woman, says the Gemara. Well, this is what the Mishnah meant to say. When we say the woman is not believed to say that her Yavim died, the Rebbe Kiva Yitzchik. No, the reason why we have that is not to 
to not to exclude an Eid Echad, but to teach us and clarify what Rabbi Kiva means. We know famously that Rabbi Kiva says that a child born out of a union that's a Chiv Lav is a Mamzer. So we believe the woman enough and her credibility comes from the fact that we assume that she's not going to want to be a what? A Yavamala Shuk, right? And she's going to check, Vidaika, she's going to check very well. Because she knows that Yavam Lashuk is an Isra Lav, and therefore she knows that as much as she likes, right, whoever it is that she's looking to marry, based off of this testimony, that's going to be an Isra Lav if it turns out that her Yavam comes back, and her child from the union of the second husband is going to end up a mom's there. She's not going to necessarily want that. Kamash Malan, right? Nevertheless, she's not believed. Um, so the question is, why is she not believed? In parentheses, the, the Gemara said that she's more worried about herself. Like, she wants to marry the husband. She doesn't really care about the kill call of the children. Maybe she doesn't care about the moms there. <laughs> but, right, but now the other Gersos say, well, uh, it's not necessarily that we don't believe her because she thinks that she doesn't care about the kids. But, in other words, we take this Havamina that we would believe her and we say that still her Adus is not good enough. Be that as it may, we're going to try to use a logical argument to resolve it. Um, and with the end of this logical argument, uh, we're going to get to two dots, nine lines up. And once we get to the next mission on the bottom side, we'll have more opportunity for the Garanowitz Musser moment that he um, gave me Musser about saying today. So, but first, we have to f- f- uh, do this one last mental gymnastics, Garanowitz, as follows. Sixteen, line, 16 lines up from the bottom. Rava Amar. Eid Echad Neman Beivam he is going to finally resolve our question. Again, our question was, is a single aid going to be Neman, not only for an Isha to remarry another man, but for a Yavama to be Matil Lashuk? Is a threshold there different? And the question, and, and now Rav is going to say the threshold should be the same, meaning an Eidachad should be Neman to be Matil Yavama Lashuk, and he learns it from what? A logical argument as follows. Le'isr kares hitarta. If you allow a woman to marry, well, guess what? What would be the consequence, Andrew, if she's still married? Kares, right? It's an Aceous Ish, my man. An Aceous Ish should not be marrying anybody else. That's uncool, and it's an Isra Kares. So the Isra Lav, look, Kulshake? Well, that's a pretty straightforward argument. Even we could follow that, can't we, Barry? In other words, the Yavam Shuk is just an Isra Lav, right? An Aceous Ish is a different thing. Don't forget, a Yavam Shuk, she's a Shomeris Yavam, right? She's not. She has a zika, as we've discussed in great length, right? And if you say the zika is daraisa, the zika is darabanan. The idea of levam l'shuk is an iser daraisa, but it's a it's an iser lav nonetheless. It's not an iser kari. It's not the same as an actual married ashes ish marrying somebody else. So what are we talking? about? Why are we having this discussion? If we believe her for for an ashes ish, right? If we believe in edachad, isn't it obvious kavachomer that we we'll believe her for the simple iser lav of levam l'shuk? That's a clean argument, isn't it? Says the Gemara, No, Rava sounds good, but one of the rabbis said to him, No. The woman herself, the case that we just uh, quoted, Kufyadalit and Kufyadches, right? Kufyadalit, we said, Neemenes al-Bala. Kufyadches, we said, Einan Neemenes biyavama. You notice what's going on here? Huh. It's the counter-argument, Barry. Don't forget Kufyadalid, we'll see soon enough. We say that the woman herself is believed in the case of Ashish, Al-Ba'ala. And yet, Kufyadches, we said that to be Mater herself Lashuk, Al-Yavama, she's not Nehmenes. 
So that actually is proof counter to our logical argument. And so, ironically, in the case of an Ashish Ish, she is Naaman and Kufyadalid. In the case of a Yavam Lashuk, she's not Naaman in the case of Kutyad Ches. So, where did Rava's, right? So, Rava's Kalvachomer is not reflected in these Mishnais, right? He has Matochiach. The Lis are Karis Hitarta and Kufyadalid. And Lis are Lav, Lo Hitarta and Kufyad Ches. So, evidently, we don't, we don't believe in this Kalvachomer of Rava. So, now we say, wait a minute. Why is it on Kufit Ches that we don't believe our Yavama? Right? Again, whenever it comes to a Yavam, we don't believe her because she knows this Yavam from the family Thanksgiving dinners and she's, and she's going to be biased one way or another. Either she's going to love this guy or hate this guy, but either way, her testimony is not believed with respect to the Yavam because it's always biased. So we throw out her testimony when it comes to Yavam. Right? We assume she liked her husband. She didn't want to lose her husband. So when it comes to her husband, right, so we're going to believe her. But when it comes to this Yavam, we don't know because it's always going to be colored by how she feels about the Yavam. So similarly, Well, wait a minute. When it comes to, even at Eid Echad, when it comes to be Matur Yavam Lashuk, then watch this. Since she may not want to be married to the Yavam, and she may want to be Matul Shuk, Lo Daiko To the extent that the Nehemanus of the Eid Echad is only allowed because it's backed up by the due diligence of this woman, in the case of an Aishas Ish, where it's about her husband, she certainly will do the due diligence. Every woman would prefer to stay with her husband. But in the case where it's a question of whether she goes to the Yavam or can marry anyone she wants, we do not expect such due diligence because we can't expect her to want to be to have the same incentive to make sure that they, that she stays married to the yavam, so to speak, or is able to do yivam than we did for her husband. All right. So now we're at the two dots, nine lines up in the bottom, and we have the following. Uh, just finishing up the mishnah. Zeh midrash darish Rabbi bin Masya. What was the question there? They had an expose of the pasuk with Ishus, Right. It says the kohanim can't take a woman. Uh, Divorced from her husband. Loikach ish isha. Oh. So there we had in the Mishnah, Loikach ish isha, that that is talking about, right, our case in the Mishnah. To which Rabbi Yehuda said, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rav, Havale the Rabbi Lazar, the Midrash be Margadis, Avadarsh be Chaspa. Rabbi Lazar could have really taken this Pasuk and learned a beautiful pearl from it. Instead, he got a little bit of uh, pottery out of it. Meaning, he doesn't like the Drusha that much. He thinks he, he used, he, he sort of like used this Drusha that he could have used for something beautiful and used it for something a little less exciting. What would be this incredible drusha of which he speaks? The following. Mar Marganisa, what is this amazing pearl of wisdom that you could have learned from the Pasuk? The following. Detanya. What's the case? Again, right? That's the Pasuk in question. That a woman that was divorced from her husband, so that's what we said, that's only if she's divorced from her husband, had to have been already in the sua, right? Not, not a case of where Kiddushin. Right, remember that that was the limud. That in the case where the only thing that they had done was kiddushin, they didn't have any suin yet. So then, uh, in that situation, the coin, and that and that was the that was the case where we said a, even though she has to get a get as a precautionary measure for how it looks, the coin can marry her. Right, that was the drasha um, that that he had used that Rabbi Lazar and Masya had used. So Rabbi Huda now is going to tell us what he the beautiful drasha he could have gotten out of the pasuk as follows. He says, that even if the woman only divorced from her husband, right, but was not 
permit it to anybody else, then she's still possible of kahuna. Ah, v'hainu re'ach haget, the possible kahuna. And that is the famous case of the re'ach haget. Um, we'll be learning getting soon enough. This re'ach haget means it's not an actual legitimate garrison, but it's still just the scent of the get that's possible kahuna. Barry, I'll give you homework. You've got to figure out um, why this is the pearl and the other one is the piece of pottery. <laughs> All right. he, saw, he saw this as a be- more beautiful, more esoteric, nuanced Kiddush. Okay. That is what he learns out of that Pasuk. Okay, that's what, that's what Rabbi Yudah Merav learns out of that Pasuk. Be that as it may, we now um, move on at the almost symbolic time of 6.12 a.m. to the mission on the bottom of Tariq Dalan Udvez as follows. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. A reach get is the is the following. A reach get is that you have right. She's she's widowed, right, and she is in fact permitted to remarry. But because she had a get again, it's 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 not really uh, a get, right? It's not severing the kiddushin, right? Because she's allowed to remain with her husband. But the the case of that case where she got. Um, right, some she's a She she was not permitted to marry any other man, but we said that she has to this unusual case where she has to um, separate, but she can't marry anybody else, so she's still tethered. It's not a real get, meaning the kiddushin wasn't dissolved entirely, okay, but it was dissolved enough in that particular scenario that were her husband to die, right, and. In other words, we have the case, we set up a case where she's still tethered to her husband enough that she can't marry anybody else. But then he dies, so now she could marry anybody else. Well, in that scenario, she can marry everyone else, but not a Kohen. Why not a Kohen? Because of this, because of this procedure looked enough. Again, she had a sort of a get that was, um, that was, we ruled, right? It's, it's the get, uh, uh, that we discussed in our Mishnah, right? Where, where again, that, that was the last case in the Mishnah. That's what the Mishnah said, that she married right on the basis of incorrect edus, that her husband that her husband died. And what is her what is her penalty? That it's that it came from kiddushin. She only was mikudash, right? So what we said was that even if the second husband gave her a get, she's not going to be right. She's not. She, so in that particular case, we said that the get was only precautionary. So that all that precautionary get stuff, that still would mean that she could marry anybody else once her husband died. Because at the end of the day, we allow her to remain with her husband. But then once the husband dies, she normally, if she's allowed to remain with her husband, once the husband dies, you would say she could marry anyone else at that point because she's an almana. She's not a garusha. She can marry a coin. But no, because we had this precautionary get, she's now has a reacha get. And she cannot marry a Kohen, even though, again, it wasn't an actual Gershon because she was permitted to stay with her husband. Okay? So now we resume with the Mishnah on as follows. Okay, so this is a, a different case. The husband's not going on a business trip. It's this wife. She's on a, trip, on a business trip. Tragedy strikes, your wife died. Venosa Sachosa. So then he goes and marries her sister, because that's the only heir that you can marry once your wife dies. Awkward, the wife comes back. Now you're married to the sister. Muteris Lachzor. Amazingly, the wife is permitted to return to him. Obviously, you would have to give a get to the you'd have to get a get to the sister. Or he would have to 
You'd have to separate from the sister. What are you going to do with the sister? What are you going to do with this sister? Well, she just goes back out to the to the shuk, right? Um, but, valid, valid the, right. The second marriage turns out to be not valid. Uh, it is going to end up being that those relationships were prohibited, right? That he has with the sister. Let's but let's go slow. Uh, she, she, so she is what? She is muteris lachzolo. The original wife is is allowed to go back to him. Umuta bekrovas shnia. And he's allowed to marry the relatives of the sister, which is to say, right, all the Arias that are, he's only related to, not through his wife, but through his wife's sister, are allowed. This is another way of saying that it's like the second marriage was garnished mit garnished. He's still married to his original wife, and similarly, Yishniyu Muteras Bekrova. So you ask, what happens to the sister? That sister is married to marry his relatives. In other words, it, we, we're going to pretend like that second marriage never happened, okay? Being Mesari Shona, and then if the first woman, uh, if the first woman, meaning his original wife, dies, then Mutter Bishnia. He's allowed to marry, right, the, the, the sister, right? He's allowed to marry her a second time, which is to say, it's as if that first time that he married the sister under erroneous, uh, assumptions would totally never happen. Okay. And furthermore, Amrlo, Mesa Ishto, Venasa Sachosa, Veachakach Amrlo, Kayemes Haisa. So this is a slightly, Different case. This is not, this is when, we, but similar, right? So we say that the wife died, he does marry the sister, and then they say, when you married her sister, yes, she was still alive. However, Umesa, now she happens to be dead already. So now he's not going to go back to his original wife because now she's dead. So what are you going to say? As we had said in the previous case, similar, in the previous Mishnahites, have Lad Rishon Mam's there, right? The child that he had before his wife was alive, died, meaning what, the child that he had, his wife was still alive. That child is a mamzer because there was an isra erva to the wife's sister. However, va'achor and ain mamzer. In other words, you have to find out what's the time stamp of when the wife died. Any children born out of this wife's sister while the wife was still alive are going to be mamzerim. Any children born from the sister after the wife died will not be considered a mamzer. Okay. So, Rabbi Yossi Omer, kol sheposel aydei acherim, posel aydei atzmo. We're going to see, I mean, the literal translation is that anyone who disqualifies others, he disqualifies himself as well. This is going to be basically interpreted in our Gemara as saying, if you're going to say that the child is Mamzer, then he, then it, he himself should be Usr, right? So that is going to become relevant, and the Gemara is going to explain the, implica- the implications of that last clause. But first, let's continue with the Gemara. going to say, even though we're going to have the following case. What's the case? We're going to say that our Mishnah is going to stand, even though we already know the halacha in the following other case. What's the case? You have Sarah's, this is a case where Sarah and Avram are married, and Yitzchak and Rivka are married, but not like the Avos. This is where Avram and Yitzchak are brothers. Okay? Avram and Yitzchak are brothers, and they happen to have wives just like the biblical wives, Avram to Sarah and Yitzchak to Rivka. And, So let's say Avram's um, uh, brother-in-law, right? So his wife's sister's husband. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and, and in this case, Rivka and Sarah are sisters. Okay, so let's go with this. Rivka and Sarah are sisters and Avram and Yitzchak are married to them. They're brothers-in-law. Okay. And Sarah's married to Avram, and Rivka's married to Yitzchak. So, 
the, so what happens? His wife, Avraham's wife, Sarah, and his brother-in-law, Yitzchak, married to Rivka's, right, who is Sarah's sister. So Yitzchak and Sarah go on a trip. The, and then what happens? They learn that, right, that, that then after uh, they both died. So they learn. So again, Avram finds out that his wife, his wife, Sarah's sister, Rivka, and her husband, I'm sorry. The, so Avram finds out, right, that his wife, Sarah, okay, and her sister, Rivka's husband, Yitzchak, both died on a trip. Where does that, who does that leave? Right, leaves her sister, Rivka, alive. So now his wife, Sarah's sister, Rivka, is alive. What did he do? He can marry her? The honey, honey, nisun, the kamitsura, ashes, giso, agiso. That marriage, the sister is effective, right? Because it means that his, his, right, the sister, the brother-in-law's wife, it allows it to the brother-in-law. In other words, what happens is, Avram finds out that his wife and his wife's sister's husband both died. It means that he can marry his wife's sister. That marriage is alive. Still, afilohachi eishes giso asura, right? But ishto sharia, right? So it's a double standard. Even though his own brother-in-law's wife is, is not allowed to the brother-in-law, his own wife is going to be permitted. In other words, his, the marriage to his wife's sister doesn't cause his wife to be prohibited to him, which is to say the following. If you say that it turns out, right, that the whole thing was erroneous and they come back in the awkward scenario that Rivka and Yitzchak come back, so then obviously he has to get rid of his, of his wife. Sarah and Yitzchak come back. Okay, a man has a wife and the wife has a sister and the sister is married to the husband. And, and so the brother-in-law goes with his wife on a trip and they're reported to have died. And now he marries his wife's sister. When the brother-in-law and his own wife come back awkwardly, he is allowed to now uh, dissolve his marriage with the wife's sister and return to his original wife. That's all that halacha means. But there is a double standard here because it, the opposite would not be the case. Right? We're not going to say, so, so the, the, in, the, in the direction where the, right, the brother-in-law and the wife left and he married his wife's sister, he's going to be allowed to take his wife back. But it's not going to be true in the other direction. As follows. And that Mishnah says that the Ashes Giso would be Usr. Right? That it would be Usr for him, right, to take it in the case of, of the wife in the other direction. But what, how does this re- relate to Rabbi Akiva? The E Rabbi Akiva, Avale Achos Grushoso. Right? Rabbi Akiva would refer to this woman as Achos Grushoso. The Tanya, Kol Ein Get. Whenever you have an erva, right, so you don't have to need a, you don't need a get because you can never establish a zika. So if you attempted, so to speak, to marry an erva, that would never work, and you wouldn't need a get anyways. Except for Bezdin. So that goes back to our case here, Barry. This is a case of an Aishis Ish that you married because of erroneous ruling for Bezdin. There we say you need a get, the precautionary get that we discussed earlier. Rabbi Kiva Mosif Af Ashes Ach Ve'Achos Isha. And to this, Rabbi Kiva added that even the Ashes Ach, the case that we said, that if the case is Ashes Ach and Achos Ishta, when man marries one of those ervas, they will also, they'll require get, 
even though, right, they never will say that the, this is an erva. In other words, again, when, what, what happened? Avram erroneously married, right, his wife's sister. And so that should be an erva. And Rabbi Kiva says that even though that's an erva, when his wife comes back awkwardly with his brother-in-law, we're still going to need to give a get. Right, even though she, that she was an erva, we're still going to want to get. The chayv and Rabbi Kiva buy a get. And since Rabbi Kiva says you need to get, and that should follow, that that means that his own wife is prohibited to him to have achos grushoso. Well, what, you follow the chain reaction, you see that once you're giving a get, that means she's a real grusha. And once she's a real grusha, she becomes achos grushoso, which is a separate love. Achos grushoso is in fact a love. And that means that that Mishnah that we're going to see is not according to Rabbi Kiva. So I apologize, it got, uh, it got a little trippy at the end. And even more so, I apologize that I didn't get in the Garan and Smusser moment. Um, because uh, I thought we were going to have a good one. But we did leave off in the middle of Tzadik Dalit uh, Amabez. And I wish you good Shabbos.